0: praise the lord thank you praise god good morning everyone shall we stand and kick off this series with praying amen just stand and lift up your hands before god hallelujah jesus truly truly prayer changes things and prayer can change the rest of your life hallelujah god i pray you would prepare us Prepare us to receive your word, to be changed by your word, that you would unblock our ears. Help us to hear and see and be prophetically changed by everything over these next few weeks. God, make us a praying church. Even as the apostles asked, Lord, teach us how to pray. We ask you that ourselves, personally. Why don't you ask God that just now? God, teach me how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. On a seat near you, there should be one of these sheets with a circle on it. It's your notes for tonight, uh, for this morning and for tonight. And if you turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, I'll read from verse 40. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, and I'll read from verse 40. It's the Gethsemane scene, which we maybe get too familiar with. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 40. Jesus had been praying, and in verse 40, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh or the body is weak. And I just want to pull that little piece of scripture out there. Jesus said this. And remember, he's not just talking to the apostles here. He's not just talking to his followers in those days. Who's he talking to? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And his question of me is very simple. Can you not watch with me even for one hour? One hour? Is that too much? You know, the average Christian prays for five minutes a day. Hmm. No wonder there's so much trouble. No wonder there's so much crisis within Christian lives. No wonder we lack breakthrough. that's all we do. Five minutes a day. No goods. And Jesus here, and I'm not saying that he did this, but let me ask you a question. Just a question. Just a thought. Do you think that Jesus maybe was saying to us that we should make it our goal, make it our aim to pray for at least one hour a day? You might not think so, but it's it's, it's at least possible, isn't it? It's at least possible that this could be a, a, a piece of advice, not just pertaining to that circumstance of Gethsemane, but a, a piece of advice for all of us, for all of our lives. That, if you like, basic requirement, minimum requirement from a Christian to spend at least one hour a day in the presence of God. As pastors. Very often you can feel like you're rolling a rock up a hill, you know. People come to church for a couple of hours on Sunday and expect you to fix everything. And often give you very little cooperation from Monday to Friday. Very little participation in this, that, and the other. And then, of course, very quickly blame the church when things go wrong. Husbands fail in their responsibilities and then blame the church. Well, hey folks, we need to get out of those type of childish, immature mentalities. Amen. 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 And start taking responsibility. Sorry for swearing. Start taking responsibility for our own lives. Because that's where success is. Success is not in you relying on the church. Success is not in you relying on someone else. Success is when you stand up on your own two feet And you take responsibility for your own Christian life. And I think one hour a day is very little. Don't tell me you haven't got time. There's not a person here who doesn't have one hour a day. Believe me. You all have that time. We do. I don't know if there's anybody on earth who can't get an hour a day. You can get up a half an hour earlier. You can go to bed a half an hour later. You probably don't need to do that. All you need to do is turn the telly off. That's it. You already... Listen, if President Obama can walk the dog, bowl. Believe me, he's busy. If he can find time to walk his dog, then you can find time in the presence of God. We're kidding ourselves, and it's too easy an excuse for me to say, well, I haven't got time. Of course I have time. Don't let that excuse be in your mind for a second, because I think it's a complete lie. All of us have got more than enough time. Time's not the problem. Actually, we'll come to it. Time's not the problem. You can pray. You can give God that quality time. And if only we really understood the huge benefits to your life, your future, and uh, this is terrible, your eternity. The eternal benefits that we lose on a daily basis because we don't pray. God help us. No wonder in Revelation when it says when we come before the throne of Jesus Christ, the saints are crying. They are crying. And I I think we'll we'll look back and we'll think, oh God, did Coronation Street actually cost me that much? Wait till I see Hilda Ogden, you know. Did it actually, did I miss that much? And Jesus, praise God for Jesus it says he wipes away our tears and says it's okay it's okay he will wipe away every tear but prayer is powerful so many things you can do if you actively pray number actively pray number 1 you can actually go to places that you can't go to physically you can affect other places that you're not there physically many of you have been praying for pastor elia Three, actually you need to pray for pastor Elia, pastor Sagi and pastor godly and godly and saggy in london and Elia in bulgaria but you haven't been to bulgaria but i can tell you great great things are happening there hallelujah god's opening you know doors for him our prayers go places that we can't go remember in the book of acts where peter was in jail he was in prison and what did the church do They prayed, and even though they didn't go into the jail, Peter was released from the jail. They weren't physically present. They were something far more powerful. They were spiritually present. Your prayers can go around the world, changing nations, changing governments, being present in Tunisia, being present in Egypt, being present in Libya, or anywhere else where there's problems right now. You can affect that situation. Your prayers can reach to the fruits of heaven that are otherwise not attainable. As you know, Jeanette broke her hip recently and and they gave her this. Kind of scared me when she came in with it, you know. She didn't use it. She just kind of walked around the house like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They gave her this. It's It's an implement just for picking things up, you know. It's fantastic. I'm going to keep it because in the summer we have a huge apple tree in the back garden that, that, that leans in. And all this fruit, that, that is an apple machine. I had no idea one tree could produce so many apples. But you know what the, the, the fruit does? It rots. i got a problem with heights, you know. And it's too high. And I can't get it. And by the time it hits the ground, very often it's rotten. Not anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can reach fruit that otherwise I couldn't get. And that's what prayer is. Prayer helps me, can help you access the blessings of God appropriate by faith through prayer the things that God has promised us, right? But if we don't use it, how foolish, how silly. It will help you go places you don't go physically. It will help you reach And bring into your life things that you otherwise would not it can help you deal with situations that otherwise could really mess up your life all of us probably without exception in this room I hope there's exceptions have somebody bothering you your neighbors your colleagues your wife (laughs) your husband all of us have somebody bothering you but you know what folks please look up and listen You know when you're a Christian, (laughs) you can't treat people the way they treat you. Uh -uh. They've been so nasty to me. You can't treat people the way they treat you. But you know what? If you don't pray, if you're not in a place of prayer, that is exactly what you will do. When they're nasty to you, you'll be nasty to them. And by maintaining just that place of prayer in your daily life, it means you can actually go into work, you can go and knock your neighbor's door, and you don't have to be like the world. Prayer can help you deal with situations that otherwise can mess up your life unnecessarily. Prayer can deal with circumstances. That otherwise seem unchangeable and there are too many to mention. Actually, I was delighted with Friday night. I thought it was a fantastic night. Not just the crowd, but the 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 atmosphere was superb. It makes me feel great for you. It really does. I we used to have this child in, in one church we had, and the child had an eating disorder, you know. I just couldn't eat and was wasting away. It's such a sad sight. And I tell you, if that child so much as picked up a crumb and ate it, you could see the sheer delight on the mum. Ah, go on, eat it, eat it. You know, just that they were getting some nourishment. And that's what I feel like. <laughs> I feel like that when I see you pray. Because you see, folks, if you don't pray, you're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. But if you do pray, you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger okay now sadly prayer is one of those things like evangelism that gets separated into a meeting and we form teams now that's okay to a degree you know but like like this morning where we all worship together well we should all pray together amen we should all pray together i think it's something we should introduce because a few minutes even praying maybe k here could could pray for a while Sorry, folks, but if we spent a few minutes this morning in prayer, for several people here, that could be the only time in prayer they get. It's true. It's true. It could be the only bit. And so it's their introduction, you know? I think we should do that and keep bringing people in to prayer. We don't separate worship, do we? We worship together. And we should pray together and we should evangelize together. In fact, on the 2nd of April, before the Sunday, Saturday the 2nd, Sunday the 3rd, we all come together here. I think Pastor Johan is suggesting that the whole, all of our churches, four churches in Glasgow, that we all go into the city center and evangelize on that day. I need to meet the evangelism team, talk about the possibilities of doing that. Plenty of time yet. We've got another five weeks. But I think that's a good idea. We could all go in en masse together and just evangelize. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> Amen? See on the back of your front page. Look at the words of what a friend we have in Jesus. I was just struck by this old hymn. So good. The words are so good. And you think of the problems in your life, whatever those problems might be, and see if you can identify them on this list. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all Our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. Blessed Saviour, Thou hast promised. Thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to Thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory bright unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. Wow. As I look back over the years, many of my friends... Who pastor friends they're not in ministry many most actually if you were to do a count goodness loads and I, I, I look at us I, what are we still doing here love <laughs> what are we still doing here my god half those guys ten times more godly than me ten times Hundred times. What are we still doing here? One thing. I pray. That's it. Because we never, ever, 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 ever stop praying. When I met Jeanette, she wasn't a great prayer. She wasn't she was with God alright, but not a prayer. And I have taught her to pray. I have pushed her to pray when she didn't want to. And have made her that way because it's what she was supposed to be by husbanding her and growing her up like that. Prayer and only prayer. As I look back, it's the only reason we're still here. You see, that's the great thing about prayer. You don't have to be smart. In fact, being smart is a problem according to Jesus. He said it was the the simple people that received him well. The simple people, the common people, it puts it in English, that received him gladly, readily, lightly. The smarter people had a few intellectual objections, don't you know? So being clever can actually, if you're not careful, work against you with these simple things, right? You see, to pray effectively, to be effective and have a good prayer life, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to have a qualification. You just need to be willing and indeed persistent. And I thank God, that I thank you, Jesus, for giving me a dad like that. That's what shaped my life. My father was definitely a praying man, believe me. <laughs> he was a praying man. And I liked that, even as a child. You know, I prayed probably as much from the age of what about 8 to about 13 or 14 as I pretty much do now. I saturated myself in prayer as a child. I used to be, the, I used to be standing at the school gate with prayers. I think he's a real freak this guy i was the, the caretaker wasn't even in yet and i'm standing at the gate of the school what am i doing i'm copying my dad because my dad's already gone to church you see he got up about six i got up about a quarter past six i i saw what my, your children will do what you do your children will you'll look at them and you'll go oh no don't do that that's what i do that's what i do they'll do what you do So you've got to be careful that you're raising your children. Fathers, wake up! Wake up! When I walked out of the door of my house at 17 years old, I'll never forget the words of my mother. She shouted down the street, Michael, remember everything we told you? Hallelujah. What a great thing to be able to say. She didn't... Michael, um, forget everything you saw in me. Michael, you remember what I said? I'm sorry about that. She didn't have to. Instead, she was able to say, like Paul the Apostle, the things you saw in me, do them now, child. Do them. Follow them. Teach your child the ways of the Lord when they are young, and they will not forget them when they are older. And though as I grew as a child I grew with the image of prayer before me and my dad with devotion to God and so I replicated that and even though I went far away from God teach your child the ways of the Lord when they are young and when they are older and when they are older they will not forget them so if you've raised your children right and right now they're wandering you take great, great hope in that scripture because that's a promise. When they are older, they can turn and come back to God like I did. I lost myself for 10 years. So I saw that example. Was my father smart? No, definitely not. No education whatsoever. Very wise. Very wise. Deeply wise. Wiser than the whole family, actually. Smart? No, no. No. No education, but wise, 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 wise. He got his priorities right, and it worked. It worked, and he was willing, very willing. Made time every day, got up early. And of course, no one can forget that. It kind of registers in your brain. I was to walk with him. Um, he would have been in his 70s at the time because he, he, he had me quite, quite older, and he would walk in the park just together and he would teach me about what he would do in prayer. You know? And that's, that's the kind of thing that you see in the Gospels when they, they were watching Jesus. You see, the disciples, the apostles, they were watching Jesus and they saw his intimacy with the Father and they wanted it. So they, in frustration almost, they come to him and say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Remember that? That's where the Our Father came from. They said, God, teach us how to do that. You seem to get an answer. You seem to have intimacy there with God. I don't seem to have that. Teach us how to do that. Now, unfortunately, we keep on making everything into religion. But Jesus taught them how to pray. He said, okay, no problem. And he gave them the Our Father. He said, this is how you should pray. And off he went. And he said the Our Father. Now, unfortunately, the church has taken that. And now we recite it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But what he was doing is teaching us a structure. Remember, they didn't say, Lord, teach us a prayer. Lord, teach us a prayer that we can... No, I didn't say that. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Different question. And so the answer reflects the question. He taught them not a verbatim prayer. He taught them... His method, if you like, of approaching God. God is not man. God is a holy, holy, holy God. And he taught them how to enter in to the presence of a holy God. That's what he taught them. And that's your front sheet this morning. For those of you listening at home, I've drawn a circle and I've divided it into one, two, three, four, five, six, six sections. A bit like a clock face. And in each section, I've put the different things that Jesus said. Like, for example, from from 12 o'clock till 2 o'clock, it was worship and thanksgiving because Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He began with worship. And then from 2 o'clock till 4 o'clock, if you like, the next bit of the Our Father, he began to to teach them how to confess their sins, how to have a, a clean heart and entering the presence of God. essential and so on and we'll work through these different sections over the coming week coming weeks from four o'clock till six o'clock intercession and supplication if you like from six o'clock on the clock till eight o'clock petitions and agreements from eight till ten meditation and and he closes with thine be the glory the, the the power and the glory 10 till 12 praise and thanksgiving and so he taught them if you like a kind of structure that we can follow in our prayer time Now, let's just remember how we started this morning. Is it possible that Jesus is challenging you and challenging me to spend at least one hour a day in prayer? I think it is. So, what you will say to me then is, oh, I don't know if I could pray for an hour, five minutes and I'm done. Right? No problem. Understand that. And I guess that's why he gave us a structure. Right? Right? Jesus was it in the book of James you don't have because you don't ask and when you ask you ask amiss you ask with the wrong motives and in fact you know Jesus went through a very clear list here of approaching God so just for this morning we're just going to look at these first two being worship and thanksgiving and confession in the way that Jesus opened up in prayer turn to Matthew's gospel again chapter 2 and look at this Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 1. It's the visit of the Magi. I want to see if you can spot something here. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. And have come to worship Him. I just want you to notice this one thing, folks. (laughs) Kind of scary. Some people knew what was going on. Some people knew what was going on. The Son of God has just been born. Astonishing. And 99.99% of the human race don't know what's happening. They don't know what's going on. But there are some... Who were in a place of prayer, a place of hearing, as we've been studying for the last few weeks, had disciplined themselves into a place of hearing and knew what was happening on the earth. And that's what prayer can do for us. Turn to Ephesians, last scripture this morning. This is a great scripture. I'm going to look at this in weeks to come. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 reinforces the Our Father. Look at this Ephesians 6 and verse 18. It's another command that Paul gives us. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Not just one type of prayer. Paul says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Look up a minute, folks. The reason you're struggling in prayer and the reason you can't get past your five minutes is that... You're not praying with all kinds of prayers. So Jesus, they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he brought them through the different aspects of prayer. And Paul tells us the same thing about prayer. There's all manner of prayers. And very often we lack the breakthrough in this area or that because our prayers are not correct. Intercession is not supplication. Supplication is not petition. Worship is not intercession. There are all kinds of prayers. And often you may have been praying, for example. You may have been praying for years on one thing, but be stuck. You might be, as James says, amiss in your prayers. Actually missing the point, okay? Paul says that you should pray in the Spirit with all manner of prayers. And I think we just get stuck in one type one type and that's supplication typically in other words pleading prayer but we'll deal with that as we go so if you take this as a clock and it represents one hour then you can spend 10 minutes in each section if you like and that would very easily take you through a whole hour in a day sorry in one day yes one hour so 10 minutes you could worship God. That's easy, right? Ten minutes in confession. Some of you may need a little longer. Praise the Lord. Ten minutes in intercession. You can think of the things in your, in your family, the people you're praying for. Ten minutes in petition and agreement. That's where you join with others or tell other people to pray at the same time. Meditation and praise and thanksgiving. But just looking at those first two. As we enter into God's presence, folks... Oh, (laughs) we've been in London last week. Very good. We have three churches in London now. The Alam Church, going very well. Pastor Saji leads that. The Hindi Punjabi group who meet in Langley, and Pastor Godley leads that. Um, And they have a worship leader there called Royce. You haven't met him yet, but he's very gifted, very good. Young guy, but very heavily anointed. In fact, I've been in five meetings where he's led the worship and I think on three of those occasions I, I've just been undone broken down and you've got to preach you know it's kind of difficult when that kind of anointing he's a very gifted young guy and, and Sunday night last week last Sunday night he just did this you know just got us to thank God I man Jesus I fell apart I just couldn't cope with it you know in fact I was thinking yesterday I don't know if I ever, I don't think I've ever been more sincere in my life in saying thank you to God. You know how easy it is to say, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like that. It's anointing, you see. Breaks the yoke, sets you free. And all he said was, thank God. You, think of your life. Look back over your life. And thank God. And as I stood there, I suddenly realized, my, hey, do you know what I felt? I felt God I owe you. you know that? I don't mean that in the wrong sense, like some pitiful thing. I don't mean that. I just became struck with the, the awesome nature of my debt, if you like, unto God. God I owe you. And there's nothing I can do. Of course, I'm not trying to repay. I will repay you with my life. I give you my life. I worship you, and I honor you just that simple thing but so often pastor fred hit it on the head on friday night abusing our rights as christians absolutely correct fred absolutely correct thinking we're, we we can enter into his courts we think we do cocky cheeky presumptuous and of course you're not you're not you're talking to the wall you're talking to yourself if i regard iniquity in my heart God does not hear my prayer, the Bible says. And this Thanksgiving bit, we're not going to look at it in any detail this morning. But it's something we've got to get right. I want to be thankful, truly grateful to God for everything he's done in my life. So you can do that. You can take 10 minutes a day, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. It's better if you do it in the morning because David says so. So early morning prayer is the best prayer, but you know, David says that and all through Psalms. But if you can't do that, you can't manage that, then take some time during the day and worship God and give Him thanks. And that's quickly followed in the Our Father by a time of confession. What do we confess to God? Well, remember, God knows you anyway. God knows your past, your present, and your future. You don't shock God. He knows you through and through. Right, he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your motivations, your heart, and he still loves you and accepts you just the way you are. Why do we need to confess then? Well, you need to confess for your own sake so that you are taking responsibility in the presence of God and not like a child trying to hide some sin or attitudes or whatever. When you enter into the presence of God, you think over your actions, for the last few weeks or days or hours. You think over the words that have left your mouth for the last little while. You think of your thoughts and your attitudes and you confess them openly, honestly before God. That's, in my opinion, is the only way to actually enter into a time of prayer. The only way. In fact, I, I nigh on guarantee you, <laughs> If you give God some silence, He'll start putting His finger in you, on the things that bother Him, things that are maybe not on your mind at all. But if you will just be quiet, silence, and stand in His presence, I, I you know, things start to come to your mind that Christ wants out of the way between you and Him. When Jesus talks about confessing to the Father, what does He mean? Well, he means, of course, confessing our sin. That is, confessing what we have done. Secondly, we need to confess who he is. And that's all over Scripture. You can read the prayers of Nehemiah when he had to do a great task, or many of the other Old Testament characters especially. The first thing they did was proclaim, extol who God is. Once again, reinforcing their own faith. But in terms of confession, and this is where it gets really up close and personal in terms of confession so you've, you've got up you've worshipped God you've thanked him for everything you've confessed your sin you've, you've extolled him now comes the tough bit the last bit of confession is, confe- is confessing who you are confessing who you are and bringing yourself to a place where you agree with the word of God about your life And for this, we're going to have a little impromptu drama with some very reluctant volunteers from the audience. Hallelujah. I want to show you just what may be happening you. I'm not going to hit anybody. Don't worry about it. Just what may be happening you every day and you don't know it. Okay? Could I have God the Father? Ian and Brenda, you're you're God the Father, Ian. Thank you. Could you just go over there? Um, ben you're a very nice guy would you play Satan Would you just go over there um, could you go with him Gehizo and just go over into that corner just go over that corner if you go over against that corner don't get a problem about playing Satan some people do he's really nice Ben <laughs> um, okay could you go in the middle Gehizo thank you Agnes would you come and sit on the front row here I'm not going to ask anybody to say anything well I am don't worry about it just sit on the front row Okay. And give me three strong Andy? George? Stephen? Just come, come forward here, please. Okay. If you if you just sit there, thank you. Praise the Lord. I, I want you to see where's Elson? Elson, come forward. Thank you. Henry. Thank you. Praise It's a big play, isn't it? It's gonna be good <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, stay there a second. Okay. Thank you. Jeanette's cooking dinner today, kid. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Okay. Here I am, and let's say I'm you. I'm a typical Christian. Now, the Bible talks about the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Forget, forget. This, use your imagination. The, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is the prophetic, I believe, you know, principally, the belt of truth is the written word. The Sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the prophetic Word of God drawn from His Word to deal with the devil. So here I am in my life and I'm praying. Now watch what most Christians do with the shield. Watch what most Christians do with the sword. And here's our stance. And that's it. Trouble is, you've got a very bad devil over there. <laughs> I reiterate, Ben is a very nice man. Praise the Lord. And over here, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Right? And here's me in the middle. Actually, he's given me defense, but I don't use it. I don't use it. It's just by... The church should do, do its job. The church should look after me. I don't need to pray. It's Pastor Mike's fault. Amen. Right, Ben. Tell me, I'm useless. You useless. <laughs> Could you say it nastily, really nasty? You're useless. You are useless. Oh, <laughs> okay. There's no need to get nasty about it. Okay, try again. Really, really nasty. You're useless. You are useless. That guy. That's that's good. Now, Cahizo, okay, so you're Jesus now you tell me no you're not I love you no you're not I love you praise the Lord useless, Lord, you are useless. no you're not I love you yes but you are <laughs> did you just agree with God <laughs> bad Satan <laughs> okay here I am in, here I am in the middle and I'm stuck now listen folks what makes a decision it's agreement What makes the decision? Here I am. I've got responsibilities. I'm born again. I've got a Bible. I've got the Word. I've got faith. Supposed to use it. And all day before you get out of bed, Ben is up. He's up before you. And he's whispering in your ear. You're useless. You're a waste of space. And all day, Kehiso here is on your side. Right? So my point is, if my guard is down, what happens to me? I'll tell you what happens to me. The decision is made in my mind. It's the battlefield of the mind, as Joyce Mayer would put it. The battlefield is my mind. And I have, if you like, the casting vote. I can choose to step the devil's way and agree with him, or I can choose to step God's way and agree with him. I decide. I have the casting vote. The Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 3, it's the culmination, the pinnacle of the gospel of salvation that you have received and Paul's conclusion. God help us for chapter divisions because they weren't in the original scripture. And that is probably the worst chapter division in the whole Bible because they put it at the beginning of the verse. It is not the beginning of the chapter. It is Paul's conclusion. It should be the end of chapter 11. And my point is this Paul brings it to one great conclusion, and he says this. So, do you get it? Now, do you get it? You will only be changed by the transformation of your thinking. Now, do you get it? And I really think that that's that, that, that screwed up. That's theology there that you should have. You make this, you've got the casting vote, you decide. Which way you go? So here I am. I'm your average Christian, and I'm praying away. I'm, well, I'm, I'm not. I've just got this, and I'm sort of weak and feeble. And go again, Ben. Useless. No, you're not. You are useful. No, you are not. I <laughs> wonder who's right. aren't they I've always been useless haven't I my mother used to call me useless and it it didn't do well in school other people did far better than me, you're right Henry, Andy Steve come on and surround this pulpit if you like surround me stretch your arms out like that and, and encompass me come around me, stretch your arms out do you know what I've just done? I've just built a wall around myself. It's called a stronghold. Once I agree with you, once I agree with the devil, now I'm trapped. Because I have the casting vote. And I just voted on behalf of the devil. I just agreed with Satan in my life. And now I'm stuck. You see? I've given him power. I've given him the authority over my thinking. I've agreed with him. And here I am. Don't, not using my sword. Not using my shield. And here I am stuck. And do you know what this Christian does? Jesus! Jesus! I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. Why am I like this? And many Christians are stuck in this place. It's a... Each one of these is my speech, agreeing with the devil. And they form a wall around me. And I can't get out and I'm stuck now. The Bible calls them strongholds. Not just strongholds. Strongholds of the... Strongholds of the mind. That's what they're called. Strongholds in your mind. So when I agree with the negative speech of the devil this is what happened to me and now I'm stuck now Elson would you play a demon and just come just go there just stand in the middle stand there now try and look like a demon I don't know what a demon looks like have a go you know go (laughs) Go. that's good (laughs) Elson's a demon okay could I have another demon Um, do you mind Estella praise the Lord Okay, it's, 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 you're not a very good demon, Nelson. Try harder. Try harder. That's it. Good. <laughs> okay, now, once this starts, it's like an avalanche. I've got, remember, spirits, demons, principalities, powers, rulers, angels. Agnes, you're an intercessor. Here I am. Now, Jesus, you need to start telling me to use my sword when I cry out to you, God help me! God, help me. Jesus, where are you? I thought God loved me. (laughs) God, help me. Pastor Mike, what's wrong with you? Help me. God doesn't love me. I wouldn't be stuck like this if he did. Demons, spirits, and Satan... Agnes is an intercessor. We're learning about prayer. Lord, teach us how to pray. Agnes, would you go behind Elson? You have authority on this earth to drive these demons and spirits out. So tell them to go. Amen. Now, she's, Agnes is praying for me. I'm not praying for myself. I'm too weak. I'm too feeble. I'm not listening. And here I am and I'm stuck. But all of a sudden, I, I feel a bit better. I feel like something's gone out of my life. But as an intercessor, you do not have the right to address that guy behind you. Because angels have more power than human beings, you see. You have authority over demons and spirits, but not angels. But what you do have is you have the right to go between So Agnes can stand as an intercessor. She can stand between me and Satan who attacks me. That's what intercession is. You go in the middle. So she puts herself, she places herself as one who is praying for me. Lift your hands and begin to pray. And as she prays, do you know what? Go for it, Jesus. Mike, use your sword. Use your sword. Do you know what? I think I can. Use your sword. Do you know what? Ready? You ready, Steve? In the name of Jesus, I break down the strongholds. Thank you, guys. You can go back now. And the strongholds fall. Amen? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Remember, there are things in your life that God will do. No problem. But there are many things in your life that God does not do. And the transformation of your mind is one of them. You must make the decision to to stand on God's side, to use your faith, to, to draw the prophetic word and attack the devil and pull down the strongholds that set themselves up in your mind. Okay? So we're going to look at this subject for a few weeks. I ask you to ask God to teach you how to pray. That's what we've been doing. God teach me how to pray. Tonight, at 6: 30 i 'm going to deal with probably one of the, 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 the most difficult issues in terms of prayer. Look at me a moment. You really can 't afford to miss this. I, I, every time I deal with it, forgiveness, I, I break down. i 've ended up on my office floor crying my heart out. every time I deal with this message, you know because of things happen, don 't they? Things happen. you get hurt. And we looked at this about a year ago. Well, a year's a long time. And I've picked up quite a few hurts in that year. And just as a bit of a rehearsal for tonight, I got last year's message on forgiveness. And I still ended up flat on my face, crying my heart out before God for many things that have happened to me recently. Listen, I'll show you this evening at 6.30. I'll show you three of the greatest prayer promises in Scripture. Ask Whatever you want, and I'll do it. Right? It's three great promises that Jesus made. Every one of them was contingent upon forgiveness. You learning how to deal with the hurts of life. Every promise he made, I'll show you this evening, was contingent on you being able to process forgiveness. You don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven, you can't pray. Okay, So tonight we'll remove what I believe without a shadow of a doubt the biggest problem to answered prayer according to Christ because he followed as you'll see the Our Father at the end of the Our Father do you know what he says? And when you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive them. In other words the whole the whole thing of prayer has no foundation unless you forgive your brothers and sisters. So Come back tonight at 6.30 and we will deal with that. In fact, we will have communion tonight because I think it will probably be necessary. 6.30, we'll have a communion service. Let me invite the worship team back. And let's just stand and pray. Just bow your heads and, and close your eyes one moment. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we ask you to teach us how to pray. So many things happening in the world. So many things happening, even in our very city. We ask you to teach us, God, how to pray. Let's invite the worship team to take their places at this time. And let's just enter in, even as the first section is a time of worship. Let's enter into a time of of, of worshiping God. And if you want to thank him out loud, go right ahead. Thank God for everything he's done in your life.